you for listening to this message from the North Gate. Joseph, today, on the fact of you're not forgotten. And then this morning, the first prophetic song that they begin to sing by the flow of the Spirit, with not knowing what we were going to do today, they begin to sing the song, The More I Seek You. And I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe and feel your heartbeat. And as soon as I heard that, I heard the Lord say, no, you're not done with this Mary with the alabaster box. Because in all, I touched on it a little bit in the youth and then I preached it in Canada twice. And I, and I, I was, Lord, what direction do you want me to take here? And this is what he began to tell him me for y'all don't forget who you are don't forget every one of us was Mary at one time and he wants us to remain Mary one of us was every single one of us in this room have had that moment where you've poured out everything that you had and said I just want to be with you I just want to be where you are, Jesus. I just want, man, if it's revival, I want to be in revival. If it's a, a meeting across the state, I'm going to go across the state. If it's a prayer meeting all night long, I want to be in that prayer meeting all night. Your costly box was you were ready to break it open, whatever it took. If it cost me everything, I was willing to pour out everything just to be with Jesus, just to be in such proximity with him. No distractions. I don't care about the criticism. I don't care about the offense. I don't care about the betrayal. I just want Jesus. And I'm telling you, we're about to see a hunger in the earth like we have never seen before. I'm telling you, this is bigger than the Jesus people movement. This is bigger than Azusa Street. This is bigger than the first and second great awakenings. I'm telling you, we are about to see hunger in the earth for the presence of God and proximity to God like never before. I believe bigger than the Welsh revival, I'm telling you, we are gonna see every average day as we know it get shut down because we, bigger than Cane Ridge, we are gonna just wanna be in the presence of God and not leave it. Or realize that we're in the presence of God and not be distracted from it. Because you actually can't leave what you're a part of all the time. When the veil was torn, the access that they had one time a year, we have access to every single moment, every single minute, every single second, every part of the day. The fact of the matter is we get distracted from it. We wake up in the presence. We go to sleep in the presence. We work in the presence. Come on, we coach sports in the presence. We do everything in the presence of God. And it's time for us to begin to recognize what we are in in this hour, what we are in in this moment. And I want you to hear some names. I want you to hear some places. I want you to hear some things when I begin to talk about this and begin to read on this today because I want you to understand, don't forget. Don't forget and don't let somebody or something or anything make you forget who your God is. May you never forget who your God is in the earth. And I want to read this straight through and I want you to begin to hear me. Afterwards, Simon, we're starting in Luke 7. Afterwards, Simon, a Jewish religious leader. Say Simon. Simon. Say priest. priest. Say Jewish religious leader. I need you to remember this. I need you to remember that he's being identified by his posture of a position. Or should I say his title? He's being 
talked about in this scripture text as the writer writes on a position or a title as a leader. He is Simon in the King James Version, calls him a priest in this moment. And I want you to understand that he is a religious leader. And he asked Jesus to come into his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. When he, sent to, when he went to Simon's home, he took his place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard all that Jesus, when she heard that Jesus was at Simon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from an alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume that it was her yearly wage. It was what she was able to accomplish with her abilities that she felt had no worth or no value because she was doing something out of a false identity. Remember, prostitution is an unworthy use of one's abilities, time, or resources. So in this, she knew how to make money without being who she was really supposed to be. She knew how to make money. She knew how to acquire assets without being authentically who she was supposed to be in the earth. She knew how to be used. She knew how to be misidentified and make money on it. Welcome to many of us in our 40-hour week that we're not very happy with. Welcome. You're being prostituted off of your authenticity because you have a gift, because you have leadership, because you have a hard work ethic, because you can do some things, but you don't feel loved and you don't feel a part and you don't feel whole and you don't feel like you belong, but yet you still got money. And she said, I'm willing to present everything that I made and you all know what I worked for and you know the hours that I work, seven days a week, 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week. You know how much time I put in and I'm willing to dump all of that out just so I can get to Jesus. I'm willing to abandon every bit of false identification that I have so I can be identified by the eyes of love. Every single one of us in this room, we didn't care if we lost friends. We didn't care if we lost family members. We didn't care if we lost our job. We didn't care how anybody identified us. I knew that in the state I was in, I wasn't being myself and I needed to get to Jesus. We can all relate to Mary. Now, some of you need to look at me. We can either be like the religious leader in the story, or we can be like Mary. Got title, got position, but forget where we come from. Because we want Judeo-Christian values in our home. But do we want presence in our home? The question is, Simon, do you want Jesus in the room or do you want Jesus in the room? No, the question I'm asking, you invited God in. Do you want Jesus in the room or do you want Jesus in the room? 
Now I'm asking you, do you want God in your house? You want little prayer things on the wall? You want little Christian sayings on the wall? You want your TBN on? You want, you want people to know I'm a Christian, but do you want revival in your house? Do you want messy revival that a prostitute walks up in front of everybody and says, I need to be transformed from the inside out. This will make your house messy when revival presence gets there. Jesus of revival was in the room. And what we wanted was a nice little dinner party. You want a dinner party? Or do you want your house flipped upside down? You want a dinner party? Want some Christian friends? Want a Christian country club? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Because at one point you wanted to be married and you don't care who saw it. At one point, you wanted to be married and you didn't care who saw it. At one point, you wanted to be married and I want to stay married. I want to stay married with my head on his chest. I want to kiss his face. I want to wash his feet with my tears. May I never forget what you did for me. May I never... Simon, why did you forget? Because in a minute, I love how Brian Simmons tells us who he is. In a minute, you're going to find out he wasn't just a religious leader. He was Mary with the alabaster box because when she's a prostitute, guess what everybody says? Unclean, get away. How do we know? Because when Jesus talked to the Samaritan woman, everybody said, get away from her. Don't you know who she is? She's got all these husbands. She has all this baggage. She's got all this nonsense. But yet Jesus talked to the prostitute at the well because of who he was. not because of the way he wanted the world to perceive him. This story is about self-perception to the world. There's many people in this house and one and one only doesn't care what anybody thinks about her. One and one only who's been used, who's been abused, who's been talked about, who's been lied on, who's been rejected, who feels filthy, who feels nasty. She says, I need a different Jesus than the one you're wanting to have dinner with. I need a different Jesus. You know how you get connected to the different Jesus? You be prepared to pour everything out. And she was prepared to pour everything out. She was prepared to give every single thing she had. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets. That's not why God saw her. She was immoral to everybody else. She was a prostitute to everybody else. But to Jesus, she was a daughter. To Jesus, she found herself in desperation. She found herself as one who was desperate for the presence. They called her immoral. They called her trash. They called her a prostitute. He saw her as a daughter. And she finally viewed herself in the place of desperation. And in the place of desperation, she wanted proximity. She wanted to get to Jesus, to touch him, to see him. She wasn't worried about her public image. She wasn't worried about status quo. Her hunger to see love, her thirst for love was genuine and she did not care what anybody else said. She had a drive like nobody else in the room and she had a drive for proximity. She didn't care what anybody thought. She didn't care if you saw her weep. She didn't care if she saw you pour out her life's savings. She offended money. 
She offended worship. Most importantly, she offended religion. She didn't care about money. She didn't care about reputation. She didn't care about anything but proximity. I'm going to offend you with my offering and I'm going to offend you with my worship and then I'm going to offend you with my counter. Or we can guard it. Yeah. We can give thanks for it. We can, instead of being critical about it and betraying, we can celebrate and we can join her. Listen, everybody in the room had the opportunity to pour out everything they had and get down on their hands and knees and go after God the same way. There's opportunities in front of you that will open your gates wide open every single day. But I'm telling you, what you come with is going to offend the religious with your money, your worship, and your encounter. That's when you'll find out who your brothers and sisters are. Because they'll either join you or they'll talk about you. And if you're encountering Jesus, then let them talk. 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 I'm encountering my God. You can talk all you want. I'm encountering my God. You can talk all you want. I'm encountering my God. When she heard that Jesus was at Simon's house, she took her flask made of alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the religious leaders. Say religious leaders. So that means there was many priests Sadducees, Pharisees in that room. Many Jewish leaders are in, and in front of all the guests, she knelt down at Jesus' feet, broken and weeping. She covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed the feet of Jesus. And in an act of worship, she opened up the flask and poured out her life savings, and anointed his feet with costly perfume. When Simon, the religious leader, saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. What are you talking about? You offered him to come into your house. But when all of a sudden it don't look the way you want it to look, Some of you need to quit having an idea what you think this thing's going to look like. You invited him in. You invited him in. Matter of fact, how your story went, it didn't go like Simon. Yours went like who? Yours went exactly like Mary. You were at his feet. And then when you're done with his feet, you should have grabbed his hand and said, anywhere you want to go, anywhere you want to go, anywhere you want to go, I'm going to go with you. You know what? That's what happened with Mary. When Jesus went to the cross, Mary was there. Anywhere you want to go, I'm going to be with you. Mary, Martha, come on, John, the ones that understood, beloved, the ones that understood worship, the ones that wanted to put their head on his chest and not just be seen with them. They just didn't want to be seen with them. They wanted the encounter to never end. I don't want to be seen a Christian. I don't want my encounter to ever end. And I don't care. It's either going to offend you to what I want, what I have, Or there'll come a day that when you walk away from it, he'll present himself to you again because he don't give up on you. He don't give up on you. So you can either experience what's happening today, Hebrews 4, 
a rest that is available today or you'll criticize and move on and there'll be another opportunity to wash his feet. This thing is not going to get dumbing down. This, as time goes closer, closer to a third great awakening, this thing's not going to get dummy down. I don't care if you're Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Seventh-day Adventist. I don't care what you think you are. Jesus is coming with an outpouring like the world has never seen before. This one is going to shake the earth. Yes. The whole earth, not just regions. This is going to spread like a wildfire. Because if the earth is his footstool and all dominion and peace is at his feet, I don't think he's going to furnish his house with dysfunction. I don't think he's going to let his footstool be broken. I don't know what kind of God you serve. I don't think he's going to let his footstool. I don't think I'm going to walk up in Abba's throne and see the footstool broken and dysfunctional. And I I just kept it because it's a family heirloom and I've kept it for a long time. No, I don't think so. I think wholeness is coming to the earth like never before. Reclamation and reformation is coming to the earth. Come on, man. Hear me. Hear me what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. When Simon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be the Jesus that I invited to my house. If he were actually a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman he's touching. Simon, do you forget who you are? Has your leadership gone to your head? Have you forgot who you are? Has your leadership, have you forgot who, I'm gonna tell you who he is here in a minute. Have you forgot who you are? Obviously you have. Obviously, you forgot the man that she's washing the feet, what he did for you. Why am I preaching this kind of message? Because there's a harvest coming to this house. There's a harvest coming. You better not criticize when they don't look like you, walk like you, talk like you, act like you. Whether that's rich, poor, addicted, or millionaires, I'm telling you, I don't care if they come in looking Muslim. I don't care if they come in gay. I don't care how they come in. There's a harvest coming to the house of God, and we're not going to look like clones, and we're not going to look the same, and we better get ready. Don't be like Simon and get caught in your position. Don't get caught in what they call you. You better get caught in what he calls you. They called Simon a religious leader. They called her a whore. He called both of them son and daughter. But one forgot he was a son while the other one was just finding out she was a daughter. I said one forgot that he was a son and the other one was just finding out how loved she was. You mean you're going to love me with the same love that you love Lazarus and you're going to love me with the same, you're going to love me with the same love that you raised my brother from the dead? Well, I feel dead inside and I need to come alive now. I feel dead. That was that woman's heart. Purity ripped from you. Identity ripped from you. She was a whore. The whole world called her a whore. And when she came walking through religion, they said whore. He said beloved. They said whore. They said whore. Immoral, unclean. Stay away. Listen to what I'm saying. 
He said, come here, daughter. Come here. Come here. You've never been safe in a man's hands. I'm going to show you what a man's hands were made for. You, you feel the Holy Ghost? Quit judging him off of other men. Quit judging him off of other men. Quit judging him off of other men. Quit judging him off of other family members. Quit judging him off of other churches. Quit judging him. I'm telling you, he said these hands, you've never felt a man's hands like you're gonna feel mine because I'm gonna make you feel alive and I'm gonna make you feel beloved and I'm not gonna change who you are. I'm just gonna tell you who you are. Oh, Man, somebody hear me. Do you know what kind of sinful woman is touching you? Jesus said, Simon, I have a word for you. Isn't it amazing that even in the midst of all of this amazing worship that's happening, Jesus still has a word for religion. You know what his word for religion is? The same word that it is for Mary. I love you. But somehow you forgot Somehow you forgot. So I got a word for you and I'm gonna make you think because you're overthinking this with your critical spirit. Do you know what criticism is? Criticism is one who speaks on matters that have no value and no worth. One who speaks on matters that you should not be talking about. Talking about things that you should not be talking about is criticism. That's what criticism is. And all of a sudden, a man who forgot who he was, and when you forget who you are, you start carrying a critical spirit. You start carrying a critical spirit. And you want to know why? Because offense led him to criticism. Offense was the door that led Simon to the place of being critical. Don't you know who that whore is? Don't you know what she's doing? Don't you know how much the oil costs? Don't you know this? Talking about matters that have no issue with you. This is between me and her. This, come on. I don't care how many people come to an altar a thousand times. Don't be like Simon. Be like Mary. Come to the altar again and again and again and again and again. I don't care if everybody in this room comes to the altar tonight, next week, a year from now. When we go to Mobile, I tell, I've been telling people since the days of Alabama in 20, uh, back in 2009. Anytime that oracle named Damon Thompson gives an altar call, run. Run to where? Jesus. Run. Run. When brothers come in this house, I don't care how many times you have to go, go to the altar to what? Your whole you're, you're going to heaven. It's time for you to get whole and reclaim the earth. It's time for you to get whole and find out who you are. It's time for you to get whole and not be critical of other people's journey. Because they're a part of your journey too. Mary was a part of Simon's journey. And if Simon wouldn't have forgot who he was, when Mary ran unclean, unclean, he would have put his arms around her and guarded her. Not in my house. Shut your mouth. Not in my house. Yeah. You're not going to walk in a fence that opens the door of criticism. What is a fence? Something that outrages you. The act, the act of what? The act of displeasure that you feel over someone else. That is a fence. Being insulted. What somebody does insults you. And you know, I, all this happens. I love the last dictionary of fence. You feel like you're being attacked because you can't score. So the fact was, that whore's in my house and she's taking up my time with my Jesus. Wow. Wow. 
You're messing with my score. You're messing with my opportunity. You're messing with my hierarchy. You're messing. Oh, that's why you get offended because you think there's not enough room for you. But he said, I will send my son to die that heaven will be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. He had room for Mary and Simon too. Come on. Cover Mary. Cover her. You're offended because you couldn't get favor in your own house. When the favor was, you could tell the story, Simon. Mary with the alabaster box happened in my house. You better make room, Northgate, because Mary is about to come in your house. You better make room. Don't get offended. Don't criticize and don't betray. You make room for Mary to pour out her life at the feet of Jesus. (sighs) I got a word for you, Simon. I got a word for you because I still want you, Simon. It's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other only owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker, Abba Father, graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them what they owed. Our debt was paid with the blood of Jesus. Whether you're a pedophile, a murderer, a porn addict, an alcoholic, a drug addict, a liar, a cheat, every single one of us had blood shed for Jesus and I better never forget what Jesus has done for me. I better never forget. You know how I know people forget? You stopped worshiping. You stopped praising. You stopped showing up to prayer meetings. You became Simon and didn't want to be Mary anymore. Because Mary might have costly perfume, but that type of profession, you don't want the neighbors. I'd rather be Simon. I'd rather have that kind of job. I'd rather be a Pharisee of Pharisees. I'd rather be a religious leader. I would rather look good in front of the people, but know that my heart's not whole. I'd rather look good in front of people. It's quiet in here. It's quiet. Am I in the right place? I'd rather care what people's opinion. Mary did not care what anybody thought about her. Mary did not care what anybody thought about her. Mary did not care what anybody thought about her. Mary, and it's not this, Mary came with an attitude. Like, you ain't gonna tell me. No, Jesus said she was broken, she was vulnerable, and she wanted to be with him. She was broken, and she was vulnerable. There wasn't no bride in combat boots. This was a daughter wanting to stare into the eyes of beloved. Come on, track with me. Track with me, because some of y'all need a breakthrough tonight. Some of y'all need a breakthrough. More worried about positions and titles. And it's not ministry titles. It's how people view you out there. I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to lay in this church all day long till I see a high school, till I see a city, till I see a state flipped upside down for the glory of Almighty God. I'm going to keep going after God like Mary. 
Why? Because obviously Jesus wanted to tell this story forever. Because this story has value. The story has value. And I'm thankful for an old church of God evangelist that on the night I had my merry moment, he wasn't worried about, I'm called here to preach, BB. Come on, on that Sunday night, the man was a known evangelist in a church of God. We're, we're over there in Akron, over there at East Market Street Church of God. The man's known to prophesy, to preach, to do miracle signs, wonders. And he, Holy Ghost is moving. You've heard me tell my testimony. They're bouncing off the walls, swinging off the chandeliers. Man stops the service and says, pray for one Mary. Pray for one man. For one man, let's intercede. Nobody stepped into betrayal. Nobody stepped into criticism. Nobody said, woe is me, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody said any of that. Those people started praying that day. They started crying out to God. And then the next thing you know, a woman on one side speaks in tongues. A woman on the other side gives the prophecy and they're talking directly to me. And watch, don't forget who you come in contact with and don't think that they're not somebody because the man that was sitting to my left, that was the first man I youth pastored for. Somebody begin to hear me. My best friend was on the drums. He's now the youth pastor where I used to youth pastor. God is interweaving your life. All of a sudden, a room full of leaders, Simon, Judas, Martha, her sister, everybody forgot our wives, our lives are interwoven to connect to the king. But they all came to that meeting that day with personal agendas. Jesus hadn't dealt with them yet about making them wash each other's feet. That's why there was so much criticism in the room because all of them felt an attack on their ability to score with Jesus. Your offense comes from a missed opportunity of you thinking you were about to get one up with a leader, with position, with... Could be at work. Y'all hear me? Hear me? Hear me? This is groundbreaking for us tonight. This is groundbreaking for us tonight. This is completely shifted all of what we're looking for. In the story, there are two men. One gave some, one gave a little. Go to verse 33. Tell me, Simon, which one of the two debts would be more thankful? Would it be the which one would love the banker more? Simon answered said, I suppose it would be the one with the greatest debt that is forgiven. Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Then he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Do you see this woman kneeling here? Jesus will make you get in proximal of what will offend you. I never heard this preached like this. Jesus made Simon come here and kneel down. You know what he was trying to tell him? This is what you should have done from the get-go. But I love you enough that I'll take time to tell you a little simple story to make you understand what's going on in the room because I still love you. You forgot you were a son. And I'll make you kneel down next to this daughter. And I'll make you see what I'm doing in her life because it's actually what I did in your life. 
This is actually what I did in your life. And if we're ready, if we're ready for harvest, then we have to allow Abba to come in and do what? Make sure that I never lose my alabaster worship. Make sure that I never lose my thankfulness and my gratitude. Make sure that I never lose the fact that He is my number one. Because at one point, He was my number one. I'll be all tracking with me, tracking me. Do you see this woman kneeling here? She's doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered into your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet. Yet she came into your house and washed my feet with her many tears and dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and my feet with the finest and purest perfumes. Why the head and why the feet? And Jesus gets to say, because she was preparing my burial. Why did she anoint the head? Because the head is where he would begin to bleed with the crown of thorns? No, when he began to pray for us in the garden of Gethsemane. You know what he was praying? Not my will, but yours, Father. Not mine, but yours, Father. Do you think Jesus really needed to pray that? He said, I don't do anything I don't see my father do. Do you know what he was praying? He was praying till blood became sweat because he was redeeming back what Adam was cursed with. Adam said, you'll strive by the sweat of your brow. Jesus said, I'll pray that my covenant comes first. Where was the first drop of blood that came from? Wasn't from nails, wasn't from crown of thorns, wasn't from lickings on the back. It was the fact that you, Ishmael, would come out of striving and trying to do things for yourself. Come on, because what? Because why? 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 Disciples, tarry with me one hour. One hour, pray with me. One hour. We're not going to strive here. I just want to commune with you so you can see blood come out of my brow so that you'll never have to strive for anything again. And what Adam broke in the walk, I'm going to restore with my blood that I will bless you. The first covenant was made. From sweat, not from a beating, not even Rome can get the credit of the beginning of the covenant of Jesus. Come on, the Pharisees don't get the credit. Pilate don't get the credit. Rome don't get the credit. Caesar don't get the credit. Jesus said, I'll show you that I'll begin to, you know what he was doing? When she poured out her oil of cost, of great cost of her life, she allowed breakthrough for Jesus to pour out cost of his life. And it wasn't in the nails and the cross. It was actually in prayer. We've given so much credit to the cross and we need to go back to the garden. Oh, 
Am I taking, no, the cross had to happen, but he had to show you that the garden was restored first. The garden was restored first. The garden was restored first. The garden, before I, te- before I bring you into new covenant, I'm gonna show you, you know how this new covenant works? I'm right now at the right hand of my father praying. And so to seal this covenant with my blood, I'm gonna pray, not die. I don't have to actually die. I got to show you how to have selfless prayer. Not my will, yours. Not my will, yours. Not mine, yours. Not mine. The next thing that she buries is what? She anoints the feet, anoints the head, because that's where the first blood was shed. And then she anoints the feet, which is the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by God. She was showing you the proper order to his heart is poured out everything at his feet. Anoint his head, anoint his feet, lay your head on his chest. Because I'm telling you, after she washed the feet with the tears, she laid her head right on his heart. And that is where we're all headed to the heart, from the feet to the heart. But we keep leaving the feet because... It offends somebody. It it stirs up criticism. It stirs up betrayal. And then as soon as we hear criticism, betrayal on our identity, we back away from the feet and we never get to the heart. Come on, somebody. Be set free of the fear of man today. Be set free of the fear of man today. Be set free of the fear of man today. I want to be extravagant for you, Lord. I want to be extravagant for you. You didn't even welcome me into your house with a customary kiss of greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil. She anointed my head and my feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven of all of her sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love But those who assume, listen, but those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me with very little. Do you know what that means? You started measuring your sin. He gave his, listen, he gave himself for murderers and drug addicts just as much as he did for liars. For poverty, for anxiety, for fear, for shame. Well, listen, Brandon and Justin and Travis, they should be extravagant. I didn't have a drug addiction like they did. It was never meant to be about you comparing your sin to someone else. It is about all of us encountering the same God. And Simon did not know who he was in the presence of. Because Simon forgot what that man, what did he say? What did he say about him? What did he say? If you were a prophet, what didn't even call him son of man, didn't even call him God. He went even lower than that and said, well, if you're a prophet, because he wasn't about to call him a Pharisee and he wasn't about to call him a priest and he wasn't about to call him what his title was, he actually put himself above God and said, you're just a prophet. Because you know what he forgot in the book of Matthew? This is what Simon forgot. And Jesus, go with me right now to Matthew 26, verse six and seven. 
And Jesus went to Bethany. Get him up there, Kev. Come on. I want you to see it with your own eyes. I want you guys to begin to see it with your own eyes. Matthew 26, verses 6, all the way to 14. Then Jesus went to Bethany, to the home of Simon. Where did he go? Home of Simon. So both narratives, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the word of the Lord is established. So we all know that Jesus went to Simon's house. You can look at this in Mark as well. He went to Simon's house. I love the next part. And, and, and Jesus went to the home of Simon, a man that Jesus had healed of leprosy. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Oh, you want to talk about measure? She's a whore. Yeah, but she got the same treatment you got. Unclean, unclean. Get away from me. Stay away from me. Oh, oh, don't you forget. Don't you forget. Don't you forget. It's not enough to welcome you in your home. It's not enough to watch Christian movies. It's not, come on. Oh, brother, you're preaching Ishmael. No, I'm not. I'm telling you, don't lose your gratitude. Don't lose your thanksgiving. I'd get so accountable. If you didn't see me jump, ask me what happened. If you don't see me lift my hands, what happened? If you see me floating in the back and not being up front, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Offense came because it's offense first before it's criticism and betrayal. Offense comes. You lost your status quo of your unreal expectations of the way you thought it was supposed to go. Ain't nobody else in here been healed of leprosy. He'll remember me. I'll invite Jesus into my house. And all of you watch how my relationship is with him. Did you get healed of leprosy, Peter? Hey, hey, Thomas, did you get healed of leprosy? Hey, 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 all you Pharisees, all you priests that carry the same title as I do, Jesus heal you of leprosy? Did he talk like that? He didn't, but it was in his heart. He thought of himself in the realm of family in that room. Because of what Jesus has done for me, I must be greater than all of you rather than because of what Jesus did for me. When you come in my house, I'm gonna kiss your head. I'm gonna kiss your feet. I'm gonna offer you everything. I'm, whatever is in my house is yours, Jesus. And listen, come on, some of you need to do this because some of you are asking him to come in the house, but you won't give him the TV and you come, you won't give him the phone and you won't, come on, come on, why is it quiet? I'll throw this chair. I'll throw this chair. Some of you are not giving him what he wants. Come on, man. And then you wonder, why did he set me free from drugs? But I don't feel him now. Because he wants to be kissed. And he wants to have oil poured out on him. And he wants whatever he wants. And whatever he wants, he gets. Because he loves me. Not because of religion. Not because of a Nazarite vow. Because whatever he wants, he gets. And he's God, by the way. So if you don't give it to him the easy way, he'll come get it the hard way. You're not God, big boy. You're not God. So he'll remove your money. He'll remove your health. He'll remove your relationships. He'll remove marriage if need be. He'll remove family members. 
push it back, 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 push it back. Oh, yeah. I forgot what you did for me. You healed me of leprosy. Because you healed me of leprosy, which is an outward appearance of something that everybody can see you have. Everybody in here was a leper. At some point, the religious world could call you unclean. And he came in and heals that. And we get more about our reputation and position with peers than worship for him. This ain't, this ain't. Brother, you got to worship more. No, 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 you got to recognize. You coming up and jumping ain't going to fix the problem. Remember, it said she came vulnerable. She came broken. She came humble. And Simon forgot. Simon wasn't the only one that forgot. Simon wasn't the only one that was offended. He was in the house, a man that Jesus had healed of leprosy. A woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask filled with expensive fragrant oils. Story sounds the same, right? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. She came right to Jesus. And in a lavishing gesture of devotion, she poured out a costly oil and it cascaded over his head while he was at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were offended because now not just Simon, the 12 had it in their heart. Who's the greatest? Now the whore? This ain't too long after Jesus is crucified. So they're all struggling with, Jesus, when you reestablish your kingdom, who's going to sit right next to you? All of that was in their heart. And you know how he exposed that it was in their heart? When he brought a whore in that poured out a worship that they forgot. You know what this tells us? Even Simon the leper, even the 12 chosen apostles got common and familiar and it's the most religious garbage I've ever heard in my life well brother the more that you become mature you won't be all spiritual you won't have the same fire you won't be wild isn't it funny people travel thousands of miles to go find a man on fire and then those same religious people that say that We'll make the statement, you ain't got to go all the way to Mobile. Yeah, I do. Until Mobile looks like Streetsboro. And that is not authentic look the same. That's hunger. And if I got to fly all the way to Canada, I'm going to keep baptizing myself where hunger is so that I come back and either offend you and let you be critical of me and let you betray me. But at the end of the day, you're going to find him. Because somebody needs to hear me. I need some Marys that's going to pour out oil to offend other people. I need Marys. We, he needs Marys that will pour out oil. You found the best. It ain't work, work, work. It ain't Martha, Martha, Martha. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's him. And it's always going to be him. And you want to know where your money's at? In him. You know where your health is? In him. You know where you lose your anxiety, depression, and your fear? In him. So what do you do? Find a Mary and voluntarily kneel down with her. 
because she found him. Find a Mary because if you don't find a Mary, you'll be offended, you'll criticize, and you'll betray. And at the end of the day, he loves you enough to say, come kneel down next to this woman. He'll always put you around extravagant love because that's all he can be. He can't be anything other than extravagant. And religion will try to tell you he's not extravagant, but there was every religious leader in the room and there was Simon, a religious leader room, and his 12 chosen, and he locked eyes with her. He locked eyes with her. Watch how this story begins to unfold, man. This is so good. Even the 12 disciples were offended. What a total waste, they grumbled. We could have sold it for a great deal of money and even given it to the poor. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, why are you so critical? Why are we talking about this? That's where criticism comes, from their offense to criticism. She has done a beautiful act of kindness. You will always have someone poor whom you can help. But I love this part. But you will not always have me Ready, watch, in this manner. Jesus tried to show them, I am God. I'm God manifest in the flesh, seen among angels, preached to the Gentiles. My daddy's quoting the scriptures because he knows it. Jesus is God. They were with God. They were standing with God. And he tries to tell them, I'm not always going to be with you like this. So you're going to have to learn to worship me like her in spirit and in truth. Because I'll be actually with you more in spirit because he was more spirit than he ever was flesh. God is more spirit than he is flesh. Jesus is more spirit man than he is flesh man. And he did not want to remain in a fleshly body because he was glory to the cosmos, not just the earth, to the universe. So for you to access the depth of me, the depth of me, not just the flesh of Jesus, the depth of Yahweh, of Abba, of Jehovah, of Rapha, of King, of Kadesh, of Elohim, of God Almighty. For you to access me, you're going to have to remain like her. When she poured out the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body for burial, head and feet. Watch this. I promise you that when this wonderful gospel, the message of Jesus, spreads all over the world, the story of a woman who poured out oil will be mentioned for eternity. Watch this, verse 14. And in that room with all this going on, there was one little rascal that was so worried about himself. One of the 12 apostles, Judas the locksmith, went to the leading priest. You guys ready for this? Buggle your seatbelt. Do you know who he went to? Simon. 
Because betrayal can only happen when two agree of offense and criticism. Because both Judas and Simon could have protected that girl. But instead, Judas found somebody to agree with to make this statement. You ain't got to do that. Do you know what really happened to Judas that day? Everybody said Judas was about money. Nope. You want to know what I think happened to Judas on that day? When Simon, because remember it was Simon he went and spoke to, right? When Simon spoke up and said, how can you be a prophet? Judas agreed with that. Judas's issue wasn't money. It was the fact that he couldn't see Jesus as God. And if we don't remain in worship, when the deliverer shows up in the room, nah, this ain't God. When the healer shows up in the room, this ain't God. When oil's poured out of worship because of hopelessness, I don't know if God's in this might be emotionalism. This is why the beloved identity message has to be preached because we have to remain like Mary. And there are a, a lot of people, but this is what Judas, Judas does what he does and then after he does what he does, he realizes he, oh man, he was who he said he was. That, that Judas got a revelation when he sold Jesus out. The agreement that he came in with Simon he was a prophet. He was a priest. He was a king. He was the son of God. And Judas takes his own life because he can't deal with it. And God still loves him enough. Man, you better hear me. You better hear me. Don't make this about heaven eternal. Because the Bible says that the moment that Judas took his own life, literally the scripture says that Judas went to his own place until, and it was not the lake of fire. He loved him enough that he didn't even send him to hell. He sent him to a cell to wait till what? Till he died on the cross, rips the veil, goes into Hades, and knocks on Judas's door. If you stand at the door and knock, I will come in and I'll sup with you. Judas got redeemed. So you know what that means? It ain't too late for anybody in this room. Because the old way you'd preach this is you don't want to be Judas and you don't want to be Simon. I want to be, listen, I want to be where he is. Even if I'm dead wrong, I want to be where he is. Even if I'm wrong like Simon, wrong like Judas, wrong like the 12, wrong like the priest, but right like her. The end of the story is this. He made a way for all of them. But you know what I think the story for us in this room is? He wants us all to be like her. What are you holding on to that you've worked for? Armin, go on up, buddy. What are you holding on to? Look at me. This house is about to go through a major transformation. No, no, I don't think you understand. Like health, weight loss, 
the Lord showed me in a dream. When I'm done with this financial class, I'm coming after health and weight loss in this house by the scripture of the word of the Lord. I'm coming, at, I'm coming after it. I'm coming after health. I'm going to be here for a long time and so are you. We are, listen, listen to me. Some of you are holding on to an identity that it is not who you are. It is not who you are. Someone lied to you. Someone lied to you. I heard at chapel, the principal of Legacy Academy go into a deeper detail. And he said, listen, when metamorphosis comes from a seed, when metamorphosis comes, there has to be so much pressure from the dirt that surrounds you. And I preached that. But he said this one piece that I never said. He said, God made the hard shell hard on purpose. And some of you are hard in here. Now listen to me. You're hard. You don't think what's inside is really of value so you won't let the hard shell crack. So when the pressure comes, you... You don't think she had pressure? Every scripture you look up on, the woman with the alabaster box, immoral, sinful, prostitute, whore, trash, garbage. Now many of us in the room, don't, we don't identify with that. Ugly, stupid, overweight, no value. Listen, I'm gonna go deeper because I'm telling you I'm gonna deal with identity heavy at the end of this year. Am I black? Am I white? Am I rich? Am I poor? You're protecting a shell. And you know where you learned it? Public school. You learned to put on a hard shell and not really let a lot of people get inside to know what's really in there. Don't tell them you don't go to church. Definitely don't tell them. I tell the teenagers all the time, those kids got you so scared. Don't you tell them you go to the North Gate. But the North Gate has got a message to flip your family upside down with the love of God. But they're trying to put a fear. You have moments where you're fully alive and you know what you're doing? Pouring out the oil. Pouring out the oil. It wasn't just the oil that was poured out. Oh, you get into the King James Version. It's the only thing I don't like about Brian Simmons. King James says, she broke her box wide open. Why? So it could never be used again. She broke it open. All the years of false identity, all the years of lies. You're not a good mom. You're not a good husband. You're not a good son. You're not this. You're not that. You're not this. You're not that. She smashed it open in front of all of religion. You won't call me that anymore. I'm so not going to be a prostitute that I won't even have the bank account to save the money of that business anymore. I won't have an account for that identity. 
I won't have an account for that identity. I won't have an account for that fear. I won't have an account for that criticism. I won't have an account for that betrayal. I won't have an account for your lies. I won't have an account. I don't care what you think about me. Why, why was she like that? Because she finally believed in her heart. Do you look in Romans 3, verse 22? It says, righteousness comes when you believe. Romans 3, 22. And then Romans 3, 23 begins to talk about you can accomplish anything. You may not be accomplishing because you won't let the pressure. No, the problem is the pressure's keeping you away from being planted in love. Because you know what cracked her hard shell that day? His arms. You've never felt a man's hands like this. I won't call you stupid. I won't call you ugly. I won't make fun of your weight. Come on, man. I won't make fun of where you live. I won't make fun of the car you drive. I won't make fun of the clothes you wear. That's what she was running to. Let's break open the bottles of our false identities today. On the live stream, break open your box. Break open your box of all the false words over your life. So I'm telling you that day, on the way to the altar 17 years ago, so a lot of people had an opinion about me. And that night I was done running. I was done running. And it even took me a moment that night because my shell was hard. My shell was hard. That man called the altar call. A man and woman, um, two women got up and prayed in tongues. I still didn't move. It wasn't until a man named Clint Kubach, who had never been to church in his life, had tears running down his face. I thought he was my safety net that night. Like this dude would be like, this is a Pentecostal church. This is weird. Let's get out of here. Matter of fact, when the music started and they started running around and jumping off the walls, he was like, dude, church is really like this? This is awesome. It's like any church I went to was boring. He's like, this is like a rock concert. This is great. Like, Thanks, Clint. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thought you were supposed to be my wingman tonight. So I sure as thought when the evangelist stands up, this is my I'll never forget moment. This is why I'll worship and pray with anybody. Because I was in the drugs, the perversion, a mess. I was a mess. And my mom, will, that's why mama worships the way. My mom and dad will never forget. You don't know that, Jimmy. Tina doesn't even know that, Jimmy. Tina doesn't even know. Waking up in, in other people's blood on my clothes. My mom would find me like that. Is it your blood or somebody else's? I was a lunatic. But you know what I was doing? Protecting an image. 
She's a prostitute for a lot of people. Even to the fact when we got married, we went to a wedding and a fight almost broke out and I'd not seen some people from this area in a several years and we were married. And somebody walks up to me and says, my husband's about to get jumped at this wedding. Jimmy, we need you. You know what happened that night? That Jimmy don't live here no more. That Jimmy doesn't exist. My wife's looking at me going, they really thought you would go beat guys up you don't know? Know what the answer was? Yes. But I was done being prostituted. And that night that man stopped that service. I had four different people try to get me to go pray. And it wasn't to the guy that's never been to church. See, somebody's waiting on you to crack open. I don't care how many times you've been to church. At that point in my life, I'd been raised in church and probably prophesied more than anybody in this room. Except for maybe Bibi. I didn't think I could ever measure up to pouring out my oil that night. I never thought I could preach. I never thought I could lead God's people. Wrong guy, God. Wrong guy. Your prophecies may not be leading a church, but you have prophecies over the next generation and companies and kingdom building. All these things that every day you feel like that woman. Every day you wake up and you look in the mirror and the bank account's empty and your body hurts and you want to go to prayer, but you don't want to go to prayer. God, is this really going to happen? Yeah. On the one night you say yes. On the one night, you say yes and say, I can't do this without you. I got to lead Clint to the Lord that night. But we didn't kneel down at the altar and pray a sinner's prayer. Matter of fact, I never even confessed sin. I've told you this. Clint looked at me and says, man, they're talking about you. I didn't even know if God was real till tonight. Somebody in your story is waiting for your yes to look at you and go, I didn't even know if God was real. Clint goes, if you go up there, I'll go with you. I said, Lord, you know me. In my mind, I'm going, I've done this walk. I've done this one. I'm telling you, when I got down to that altar, Rick Fusen, the evangelist, friends, family, nobody said, you better confess your sin. Everybody around me was going, I love you. I love you. And I think for that time, I didn't go guilty to the altar. I actually felt like God loved me. You've heard me say this. It was an oh my God moment. I'll never want to forget that night I'll never forget calling my mom No, as soon as she answered the phone it happened tonight didn't it see she remembers it happened didn't it it happened it happened it's all over son my mom and dad are going it's all over it's all different from here and everything I was looking for from that moment on that's when Tina came that's when I started preaching all of a sudden all these things that I longed for and I dreamed for that were valuable the whole time 
I got, I got amazing in-laws that are in this house. I got you. I wouldn't have you in this room if I didn't go that night and just say, I poured out. I poured out. I poured out. Not on my own accord anymore. Not according to me. And then I had that same moment again this past November. There's things that are beyond my control. I'm not good enough for Tina. I'm not good enough for my apostle. I'm not good enough for y'all. One phone call from a father driving two hours from Marietta that I could have easily just said, it's, it's extravagant. I was on a hunting trip with some of y'all. Apostle calls me, says, I have to talk to you. I knew that phone call was going to change my life and I knew she had to be on the line and not be, listen to me, not be on a conference call. She needed to see her husband cry and shake like Mary at his feet. Clint got to see me cry and shake like Mary at his feet. Some of you have been gripping false life. And it's not just going to change everything. You can try that. You can try that. If that's the word of the Lord, do it. But you know what he really wants? You. All of you. He wants everything in your house. He wants your kids. He wants your marriage. He wants you. He wants you. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Beat. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.